it's really good. It's it's informative. I can't preach what he's preaching in Foundations too. So, um, I, uh, like I said, I was at, at Top Golf last night, so I was up kind of late. So I, I feel a little groggy. I'm 26 years old, and I still don't know when it's time to go to bed. Like I haven't figured that out yet. I'm on. It looks like. Yep. Okay. Um, so I don't know if it's because the cold or I'm just tired or whatever, but I feel a little a little foggy, and you guys might too, and that's okay. Um, like Naomi said, there's not a lot of people here. The normal pastor isn't here, but that doesn't mean it's time to check out. Um, if we come to this church believing that God's word can speak to us, regardless of who the messenger is and regardless of what the message is, as long as it's the word of God. Um, and so by God's grace, we're going to hear from the Lord today. Uh, so I'm going to read the passage. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 19 today. We're just going to do four verses. I'm not going to try and overload you guys. Just four verses with us. So let's read and then we'll pray. Um, starting in verse 7, Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Uh, more to be desired are they than gold, yeah, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I just thank you for this day, and I just thank you for this, this group. Uh, God, even with COVID going on and just um, coming back from holidays and post-mission focus, um, Lord, we, if we're not careful, if we're not paying attention, we can miss what you're saying in your word in times like these um, because we feel like we did our job at mission focus. And um, Lord, you're not done speaking to us yet. Uh, God, if anything, you're just getting started with some of us. And so, Father, as we're here today, um, would you open our hearts? Would you open our minds to the Word? Um, God, would you have ears, or we have ears to hear your Word um, as you've told us to? Um, and above all else, Lord, would you be glorified? Um, would you heal Jeff's daughters uh, in this time? Would you make sure that his family um, is protected as he's preparing to do his first wedding as well at Midtown? Um, so, Father, we love you. We just trust you for these things. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. Josiah, will you hand me my water? Will you grab my water for me, please? Um, so, there's a lot in those four verses. I know I said it's only four verses. Thanks, man. But then there's like all these words like commandments and statutes and testimony and law. And some of you just checked out immediately. And that's okay. Um, something that we teach often at this church is that Two words don't mean the same thing. They can be used as synonyms. They can be used similarly, but, but two words don't actually have the same meaning. That's why they're two different words. So when you read words like law, testimony, statutes, commandment, um, understand that their definitions are very similar. And today what we're going to be talking about is essentially five properties of God's word. Um, I don't want this to sound too academic. There is a lot of practicality in this, in this section. But there's, there's five properties and then one attitude that if you're looking in the middle of it, you can find that attitude. Um, that word is fear. So it's, it's interesting that God's talking about his word here. David is writing about God's word here. And in the midst of a paragraph about the properties of God's word, 
the attitude of the fear of the Lord is in the middle of it. And I think that that's where we, that's where I, I, I love this passage because um, that's where we're at. So if we're looking in God's Word, if we're, if we're doing these things that the, the Word of God says, that we're, we're reading the law of the Lord and it's converting the soul, we're, we're understanding the testimonies of the Lord and sure, we're making wise and simple, we're doing all these things, in the midst of that you find the fear of the Lord. Um, so as we're here today, we're going to be we're going to talk about most of these. Uh, I won't go too deep into them. These in of them in of themselves, each um, property is a sermon. If you really if you really look into it, um, I won't have time to cover it like I wish I could. But I suggest and I recommend that you guys go through and you study these because um, there's so many cross references. There's so many instances where law comes up and and uh, testimony comes up. And it's the Lord um, using His Word to reach us in, in slightly different ways. The testimonies are a lot used in Exodus. Uh, statutes are also used in Exodus. Commandments are used in Exodus, but they're used throughout other parts of the Bible, right? Um, and fear, fear is a great study. Um, you will fear something in this world. You will have a, a reverence for something in this world. And if it's not God, it's wrong. But that's where we're at right now. This world is fearing everything. And you have basically two options. You can fear the Lord, or you can fear anything else. But that anything else is wrong. Um, so, this section of Scripture um, is in the middle of the psalm. The beginning of it is really good. I don't have time to dive into that, though. Um, basically, this psalm declares the glory of God. At the very beginning, Psalm 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Miles um, Cheadle actually did a really good message on this on a Tuesday night. If you guys ever have time, go look it up. He, it was fantastic. Anyways, um, he did the work for me. So I'm just going to use his work and build off that. But um, in that section where the, where the author, David, pins that, that God... The heavens declare God's glory. He, he, he sets it up, and then he talks about the, the bridegroom, which we won't have time to get into, and, and rejoices the strong men that run a race. And then it says, His going forth is from the end of heaven, verse 6, and His circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Right? So he's talking about God's glory. He's talking about God's, uh, God being a bridegroom. I'm sorry, God, uh, God's people being a bridegroom. And then verse 7, immediately the law of the Lord. So he's talking to you. Just because this is some abstract psalm way back when, and oh, Brock's in the Old Testament, we don't have to listen today, you know. No, God is speaking to you about His Word. And He's speaking to you through His Word. Um, so let's just dive into it then. The law of the Lord is perfect. This is the most important aspect of our walk with God that a Christian can learn. Basically, we'll just have the verses up here. That's all I had time for. Um, God's Word is perfect. It's incorruptible. It's, it's the same as God Himself. Um, it's holy and unblemished. The, consider this verse. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren... See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Another good study right there is pure heart. Um, but verse 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. God's very word is incorruptible. 
And the only way that you can be born again of incorruptible and not corruptible is through the Word of God. Um, God's Word is perfect also because it is part of the very nature of God. Next verse that we have is John chapter 1, verse 1. We know this one. We talk about this one all the time. This is, this is a key verse in your life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and here it is, and the Word was God. I think if we look at the Word of God as anything other than the exact nature of God, being perfect, incorruptible, um, pointed, sharp, um, we miss very important details about God's Word. Because if you're ever doubting God's Word, just remember that the Word was God. Jesus is, is the Word made flesh that dwelt among us, John 1.14. Um, God can never fade, so God's Word will never fade. And if God can never fail, then His Word will never fail. That's what we know from Scripture. Uh, also, so read the second part. So the law of the Lord is perfect. Here's what it says, converting the soul. Whew. What's that mean? Well, let's look at it. Psalm 23, verse 3 says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Reconvert as restore as well. That's a, that's a similar word usage in a lot of places. Um, man, God can restore your very soul. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know who, um, if this is your first time here, your 20th time here. But like, regardless of where you're at, you always need God to restore your soul. Like, like you can never be in a place where God can't help you or can't redeem you from a situation or something like that. I mean, He can literally restore your actual soul. He can do anything else that you need Him to do in your life. Um, and His Word can do that too. So Psalm 119, verse 9 says, it's a, it's a huge chapter. I'm just going to read the one verse. It says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed according thereto, thereto according to thy word? Um, God's word is necessary for your salvation. God's Word is necessary for your sanctification. I feel like a lot of times we read the Word and we study the Word and we understand the Word to get saved and then we kind of fall off. Right? God's Word was good enough for me to escape the very pit of hell, but then God's Word wasn't good enough for me to actually walk with Him on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's where we lose people in high school ministry, in junior high ministry, on their way to Kaya, is they say, okay, God, I love you. I'm thankful for you. You saved me. Now I'm good. I don't need your promises. I don't need your word. And it's because they never fell in love with God's word. And that's the biggest mistake a Christian can have. They say, oh, it's boring. I don't get it. It's too much time. I've got this thing going on. And they were never truly anchored. They're saved regardless of what happened. They're saved against the day of judgment but they'll have no fruit at the judgment seat of Christ because they never once just took God at His word and loved Him for it. Um, so I'll give you the, this other verse. We hear this all the time, but I just want to think about this again. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So my question to you today is, are you hearing God's word? Not, not are you physically hearing. Obviously right now I'm talking, I'm speaking God's word. It's entering your ear. Or are you actually listening to what God's Word is saying to you? God is trying to speak to each one of us today. 
I, I don't know if it's to continue. I don't know if it's to change course. I don't know if it's just to lean into God more. I don't know if it's to stop doing something that you're doing. I have no idea. But I do know this. God wants to speak to you. Some of you He already spoke to in His Word this morning in your quiet time. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Some of you woke up, rolled out of bed, got in the car and came here. And you're like me, you're a little foggy. And that's okay. But God is speaking to His people. Now, are we willing to listen with open ears and an open heart? Because like I said, we did that to get saved, but then we stopped a lot of times. Don't waste 10 years of your life, 15 years of your life, because you decided that you weren't going to listen to the Word of God today. God forbid. Um, Alright, so let's move on to the testimony. So the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. I like to look at these, these um, words that describe the law. Perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, uh, true, and righteous. Man, I, if I were to describe a, describe a product, this is the best descriptions I could ever come up with. If you're reading an ad and you were like, I don't know, you had this car and you're like, Oh, this car is perfect. You're like, okay, is it though? Is it really perfect? No, this is better than advertised. This psalm right here advertises the Word of God as everything you'll ever need, and it's actually better than you think. It's actually correct. This is the one time that it's not false advertising. So, looking at the word testimony, um, the first mention of it, this, this verse isn't up here, it's in Exodus chapter 16 and verse 34. Um, testimony here is used to describe the bread from heaven being placed before the Lord and His people. Um, testimony is very, very similar to law. That's a, that's a very um, good synonym. I won't have time to go into it, but Exodus 25 describes this. And you can, if you study out Exodus 25, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but we'll look at Psalm 119, verse 14 real quick. It says, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. The one thing I've understood from my word study on testimony is testimony is, is God's word testifying, use that word, um, to his people. But mainly, testimony is experience. So, so God's testimony is a lot of times used in the wilderness when God's people are experiencing Him. Um, so God's Word can be experienced while reading through it, right? Um, and testimonies, as we know, if you come up here and you're giving your testimony before, you're recounting something of the Lord. When you give your testimony at Mission Focus, you're talking about um, what God did for you at Mission Focus, what God told you at Mission Focus. Um, and that's because God, in His Word, testifies of His goodness. And those testimonies are sure. Um, the witness of God in His Word is sure. Right? So the whole counsel of and the testimony we have of God is that His Word is sure and that He is sure. Remember, His Word and His character are the same. Um, consider this verse for me. Psalm 1, uh, 111, verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 7. The works of His hands are verity and judgment. All His commandments are sure. All His commandments are sure. And then one more for you on this. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. 
that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Think about that for a second. In which it was impossible for God to lie. God's Word is telling you not only this is perfect, but that God can never lie. So everything in His very Word that He spoke from the time that creation started to the time that He melts the world with fervent heat, He cannot lie. So everything in His Word is true. So that what we might have a strong consolation who, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have, here it is, as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Um, <laughs> God has a safety for you in times of insecurity. Uh, some of you guys haven't been to school in like two years. I mean, you have, but like you were on Zoom for a long time, and then you guys were delayed. And then I don't know. Are they delaying school right now again? Are you guys in school? They're thinking about it. They're probably going to do it. Okay. Um, and as you know, you got to school when you came back and kids were acting really foolish. I hear all the time about how kids don't know how to act in school right now. Because for a year and a half, they like went home and some of them don't have parents that care. And they don't instruct them. They don't admonish them. They don't teach them. And they forgot how to act. Why? Well, because they didn't have a foundation. They didn't have an anchor. They didn't have a moral law. They didn't have any of that. So whenever it comes time for their parents who are left to their own devices to teach their kids and, and to shepherd their kids, they have no idea how to do that. Right? Because they're not listening. But some of your parents, some of you were still here and you were growing in the Word. And man, God anchored your very soul. And so when you got back, you didn't forget how, to, uh, forget how to learn. You didn't forget how to act. None of that. Why? Well, because you had surety. And in a time of being unsure, the Word of God is the best thing we can lean into to keep us sure, to keep us anchored down. When the world goes... <laughs> the stuff that they're teaching in schools, I won't get on this tangent, is just crazy nowadays. I, I hear about it sometimes, and I'm like, man, I just should probably homeschool. Like, if I'm being honest... Like, they're teaching wild things right now. And you have to ask yourself, what is my foundation? What is my surety? When the world doesn't believe in truth, you have a very good resource right here in the Word of God to keep you sure, to keep you true. Um, just said, do we have 142 on there? Psalm 142 on there? Cool. Can you go to the next one then? Um, don't, don't worry about the, the nuances of this chapter. There's just five verses that I want you to think about the heart of. So this is David, a man after God's own heart, who is, who is in a cave. He's fleeing, right? Verse 1, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before Him. I showed before Him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I have, I have, I have, I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me? I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Um, man. <laughs> There's so many really honest psalms and there's usually when David's on the run it's usually when David doesn't have security if you read some of those beginning little sections right here 
don't skip over those sections. They're really important context. Sometimes they're like, uh, David was fleeing from Absalom, and the first thing that he says is like, God, you're good, basically. And you're like, dude, you're fleeing. You're in the worst possible situation. People are trying to kill you. And the first thing that he does is he worships the Lord. Man, would that be my testimony? Would that be our testimony? Someone's literally trying to kill you. God, your, your glory is worth it. I'm more worried about your glory than I am my own safety. But he says right there, I cried unto the Lord... I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. He's quoting other scripture that he wrote, actually. He's quoting scripture. So in times of trouble, in refuge, he's repeating to himself. He's practicing to himself the law of the Lord, the the testimonies, the commandments, the statutes. He's doing all of that because he knows he needs God right now. And the only thing that will keep him sure in this time um, is God's word. Uh, like I, like uh, like Abishai said earlier, I'm getting married in six days, and uh, Lauren's amazing. I could talk all day about her. She's, um, yeah, she's great. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I've never been a husband before. What? Yes, I've never once been married. Okay, but. So, so having that said, I have literally no idea how to be a husband. I've been taught how to be a husband. We have very good husbands and fathers here at Midtown. I'm very thankful to be under men who teach the Word of God. Uh, very good uh, uh, examples of marriage. Dan, Brenda, how long have you guys been married? Yeah. Okay. So if you guys don't know, this doesn't happen in the world. When I, <laughs> when I told uh, some people at work that I proposed to Lauren, they're like, oh, okay, cool. Is this your first marriage? Oh. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I was like, uh, yeah, and my only marriage. Like, <laughs> that, that, that's how marriage works, guys. <laughs> you, it's finality. You say I do, she says I do. Those rings are a symbol of your oath and your covenant, right? And then you just work it out for the rest of your life. Okay. Now, I say all that to say this, I don't know how to be a husband, and that worries me, but I also know the greatest husband ever, Jesus Christ. Jesus has never let me down. Jesus will never let me down. Jesus loved me when I didn't love myself. Jesus loved me when I didn't love Him. Jesus literally gave His life for me when I didn't give one rip about Him at all. And that is one of the greatest qualities a husband can ever have. And so, when I have troubles, when my marriage isn't what I thought it would be, when things go wrong, I can run to the Lord and I can say, God, you're my refuge. And I can figure this out. I can love my wife like you loved me because your word is true. And I can rest on those promises. Some of you don't know how to be a college student, but you're going to have to figure it out real quick. I'm looking at you, Tegan. My point is, my point is, you don't know, and that's okay. God's Word will teach you how to be diligent. God's Word will teach you how to witness in a foreign place. Some of you may leave Midtown, and that's going to be tough. And Jeff's going to cry. I won't, but Jeff will. And I'm kidding, I'll cry. Um, And 
You guys won't know how to witness to anybody in a foreign land. And in that case, you can go to God's Word, you can go to God in prayer, and He can give you surety that His Word is still true, the promises are still true, and when you're in the midst of the storm, He's still right there with you the whole time. So, God's witness, right? God's testimony make wise the simple. Um, do you lack wisdom? Seek the testimonies of God. James 1.5. We got that on there? We don't have that on there? Ah, uh, that was the, that's the important one. Alright, we're going to have to do the old-fashioned way. Flip in your Bibles. Thank you, Josiah, for doing my slides. I did not get slides done. Um, Josiah came in clutch for me there. <laughs> James 1.5 So James starts off talking about tribulation and trials and then he says in verse 5 if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that what? That give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith, not wavering. Um, maybe we do this sometimes where we go when we pray and we don't get an answer right away. And I, if I'm being honest, sometimes I just run straight to whatever I think the solution is. And it's usually wrong. Like <laughs> If I'm being honest, I'm not a perfect And... Um, I read James 1.5 and, and then the first part of this, the sixth verse and it says that you have to have faith unwavering. If you lack wisdom, if you're going through something, if you're working through something at this point in time, like you're trying to figure out a spouse, you're trying to decide about a college, you're trying to, I don't know, figure out what you're going to do with your career, um, ask God. Like, I don't have any other counsel other than ask God, come talk to us. But do so in faith. If you come to God believing that His will will be done in your life and that God will give you an answer, regardless if it's an answer that you actually like or not, He'll give you an answer. And if you come to Him in faith, He might actually give you an answer that you didn't expect in a good way. Um... But here's the thing. God will answer you through His Word. Right? You don't have the audible voice of God. You actually have something better. First Peter chapter, I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1 says that this is more sure right, than the audible voice of God. This is a more sure word of prophecy is what it says. But you cannot trust in the testimonies of God without being in His Word. And again, that's where a lot of, a lot of Christians fail. Is they say, I love God, I want to walk with God. But the most important part of walking with God is understanding His Word, and we don't do that. We read a proverb a day, we call it good. We don't actually dissect His Word. Some of you need a journal. Some of you need to stop just reading the, the Scriptures every morning. And some of you need to get up, and you need to write in your Word. Today when I woke up, I had like one eye closed while I was doing my, my quiet time this morning because I was really tired and the coffee hadn't hit me yet. Okay? But I still got stuff out of God's Word. We're actually going to look at part of what my quiet time was today. I still got something out of God's Word because God can even talk 
through a foggy brain to get a hold of you. Because I came this morning saying, God, I'm not really good at this preaching thing. I need you to help me. I need you to make this come to life. And that was some of the most desperate prayers I've ever had. And God worked. Alright, so we'll go through the last few ones. Um, The commandment of the Lord. So the commandment of the Lord is pure. Let me get my spot back. There we go. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I skip one? I did. The statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. So the statutes of the Lord are... um, The best way I can describe this are um, related to your heart. Man, I really skipped that in my notes. Okay. Um, The statutes of the Lord. If you look up statutes, a lot of times... David says, I'm walking in your statutes. Um, I'll have you study that out if you would like. But basically, when you're in right living with the Lord, your heart is right. And you rejoice. Um, let me look at it real quick. Proverbs 16.8. I don't think this is up there, Josiah. I don't think I gave it to you. Sorry, it's Proverbs 16.7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he make even his enemies to be at peace with him. When you are at, when you are in the right living with the Lord, I'm not saying perfect, I'm not saying that you've got it all figured out, I'm saying that when your heart and your mind align to God's heart and God's mind through His Word, not even your enemies can be mad at you. They can dislike you, but they can't really war with you. Right? God's Word says it. When a man's ways please the Lord, there's really only a couple of ways to please the Lord. And part of that is having your life be in accordance with what the Word of God actually says. Um, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. You want to be at peace? Walk in the statutes of the Lord. Um, the commandment of the Lord. I'm giving you time because we're going to do a we're going to do a word study here at the end. Um, the commandment of the Lord is pure. So, so this is the voice of God giving direction. Okay. So Exodus chapter 21, we won't go there, but Exodus uh, 20 and 21, it talks about the law. These are the commandments right, that God gave. Um, that word commandment, there's a bunch of usages of it. And uh, most of them are Exodus, Leviticus, but you notice it's God and Moses together. And God's telling Moses little nuances of, of how they're going to live in the wilderness. They're, they're wandering. They don't know where to go. And, and Moses is like, God, I need to be with you on the mount. And God's giving them commandments so that they know, hey, this is what you eat. This is what you don't eat. This is how you live. This is how you don't live. And what I submit to you that if you're confused today, if you don't know what the next uh, move is, maybe it's because you haven't been listening to that voice that God's actually given you the Spirit of God giving you little commandments, little, little words of wisdom. Um, Josiah, we have Psalm 119 up there. Um, if you guys don't know, Psalm 119 is really good. It's like 170 verses or something like that. Um, I, told, I told Xander yesterday I was going to preach on Psalm 19, one of my roommates, and he, got, he thought I said Psalm 119 and his eyes got this big. Like, no way, you're going to preach all of Psalm 119 to the high school. I was like, no way, I couldn't even read it. They would lose, halfway through, they would just check out. Um, but Psalm 119 is really good. Uh, Chris Best spent like six months preaching on it <laughs> in Living Well. So, 
Um, but it's all about God's Word. It's different synonyms of God's Word. It's different attributes of God's Word. You ever want to fall in love with God's Word? Go read Psalm 119. It's the complete definition of God's Word. Um, but verses 98 through 100, Though through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimony or my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. You guys saw uh, more understanding than all my teachers, and you're like, I already have that. I already know. Um, if, you're, if they're lost, you have more understanding than them. That doesn't mean go tell them, like, hey, you guys are dumb. My Bible teacher told me so, so I can do whatever I want. But, um, man, I, I don't know about you, but there's plenty of men out there who are way more studied than I am. I actually don't have a college degree. You can be a paramedic with a certificate. I have a certificate that said I went through school. Um, it's not even an associate's degree. Okay? There's dudes out there with PhDs. There's dudes out there with degrees I can't even pronounce. I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, and they pretend that they have to tell me something. Lost men, that they have something to tell me. And really they don't. Not to be rude. Not to say that they're dumb or anything like that. And when people like that tell me something, I listen because it's my job. But I have wisdom. I have understanding. I have right living. I don't need a PhD to understand the deep things of the universe because God's given it to me in His Word. It's right there. David, I have more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies are my meditation. When you get in the Word of God, do you meditate on it? I'm not saying do you get up and you read it. Do you write it down? Do you dissect it? However you do your quiet time is between you and the Lord. I have, I have different colored pens. I color code things. I get really nerdy with it. I draw arrows. I write little comments. Because that's the only way I can learn. I, don't, I check out most of the time when I'm reading something. I have to reread and reread and reread it. But God's Word is worth it. And so I meditate on it. And I do so with a long process in the morning. And that's the only way I can get anything from God's Word. Some of us need to put in the work and start writing down God's Word and memorizing God's Word and dissecting God's Word so we can actually meditate on it. You will not continue your stages. We're talking about the stages of um, believers in found the Foundations 2 study that Jeff is doing. It's really great. You don't get to move a stage without understanding God's Word. Like you, you will never get there. You can be in the faith for 50, 60 years. I know people that are in the faith 50, 60 years, and they're faithful with what they have, but they have very little. Because they're not being taught God's Word and they don't understand it. And so there's some D2 or Foundations 2 students here that could disciple those people that have been there 50, 60 years. They have great faith with what they have, but it's not much. God's Word, if anything, is practical. And the people that have been in the faith 40, 50, 60 years and don't understand the whole of God's counsel, they're not building upon their faith. They're not adding to their faith virtue and then the virtue knowledge. Man, they're missing out. It's going to be a sad day for some of them at the judgment seat because they don't have an understanding that they should. Alright, so you don't know which direction to go. Ask God to open your eyes. The commandments of the Lord... Yeah, yeah. So the statutes of the Lord we talked about. The commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening of the eyes. Remember that phrase, enlightening the eyes. 
The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Um, this is a healthy reverence of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is understanding His might and His power. Um, you should not fear coming to your Lord. You should fear running away from your Lord. Because you should understand that, that God's might and God's power is better than anything else that we have. And so when you feel like you're in times of trouble, you should not fear what's going on around you. You should have fear for the Lord. Okay? Uh, one more verse, Psalm 36, one. Um, <laughs> again, the description. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. <laughs> the servant of the Lord. If I was known as that and that's it, my whole life, that's great. Praise the Lord. David's known as much more, um, but this is one of his best titles there is out there. But it says, The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart, there is no fear of God before his eyes. Um, this is what we're living in right now. Uh, when, you're, when your teachers try to change God's biological design of people, there's no fear of God before them. I don't care what they say. When they say that God's Word isn't real, that it's a fake book, oh, I believe in God, but Jesus, He was just a good teacher, there's no fear of God before them because there's no authority in their life. If you take Jesus out, if you take the Bible out, there's just this abstract concept. There's just this sky God that exists up there to give me everything that I ever wanted. There's no fear of God before their eyes. They don't understand His holy judgment, His holy righteousness. They don't understand none of that. And so because of that, they have no reason to fear God. Okay, we're going to skip the judgments because we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Um, but I want to look at verse 10 and 11. It says, More to be desired, that's the words of the Lord, are they than gold, yeah, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. And here it is. Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them in great reward. Um, the word honey is used a lot to describe the Word of God because the Word of God is actually sweet. Um, I know some of you probably think uh, that, well, you don't like black coffee, and you think the Word of God goes down like black coffee. It's really bitter. Um, that's because you haven't spent enough time with God's Word. That's because you actually haven't just been dwelling with the Lord, right? Sitting at His feet, doing that thing like John 15, right? Abiding in the vine. Um, and that's okay. Fix that. Because once you do, and you actually sit in, under God's teaching and God's Word, you'll see that it's very sweet. And I'll give you an example of it. First uh, Samuel chapter 14. I don't think it's up there. We'll have to turn in our Bibles. Maybe if I can actually make it there. Turn the right direction. There we go. 14. Um, okay, 1 Samuel chapter 14, starting in verse 24. If I can flip there. There we go. Um, so uh, this is kind of a, uh, a familiar passage for the people that were around when 1 Samuel was um, being taught at this church. Again, Pastor Sam Miles did a really good like a year and a half study through 1 Samuel main service. Oh, it's great. I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, and he's, 
anyways, there's this point in where, where Saul's involved with this battle, and he's leading. And if we know anything about Saul, Saul loves the flesh, right? And he doesn't want to do the things um, that God has him to do. He, he forces a sacrifice. He, um, yeah, he's just, a, he's just not a smart man. But if you look uh, in, in verse 24, what you see is that he, he's created this fast that God never told him to do. And Jonathan doesn't hear about the fast. Um, so, verse 24, And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had adjured the people, saying, Cursed be the man that, cast, that eateth any food until evening, that I may be avenged on my enemies. So none of the people tasted any food. And they all of the land came to a wood, and there was honey upon the ground. And when the people were come into the wood, behold, the honey dropped. But no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan heard not what his father had charged the people with the oath. Wherefore he put, the, put forth the end of the rod that was in his hand, and dipped it in a honeycomb, and put it in his hands to his mouth. And his eyes were enlightened. Oh, thank you. So, let me just recap. Saul makes this fast that God never said, right? And then... Um, Jonathan doesn't hear it. He's a faithful warrior of the Lord. He's involved in this battle. He's fainting, right? And that's what happens when you rely on your flesh. You faint. You faint in the day of adversity because your flesh was never designed to fight spiritual battles. Your flesh was never designed to hold up. Your flesh is wicked and it will one day be gone. Now you choose whether you go to heaven or you go to hell, right? You choose whether you put your faith in Jesus Christ on His finished work Right, and so you can have the glorified body, and that flesh can can just disintegrate. Right, that's your choice. If you don't know about that, you can talk to us today before you leave. Um, but his 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 flesh is fainting, right? And it says in verse twenty-seven, but Jonathan heard not what his father charged the people with the oath. Wherefore he put forth the end of the rod that was in his hand and dipped it in a honeycomb, and he put his hand to it. His eyes were enlightened. There's two things I want to note here. God's Word compares the Word of God to a honeycomb. And if that's the case, it compares it to honey. If that's the case, we see two things in this. The honey follows where Jonathan's at. The honey is always accessible. He's in the midst of the battle. Honey drops right in front of him. You're dealing with something that you don't know how to handle. God's Word is literally right in front of you. It's on those phones you spend an hour TikToking every day on. That's the first thing. It's accessible. But the second thing, it's sustaining. And that's really where I, where I look at. It's is sustaining and it's enlightening. So if you want to put a third one, the third one is that it's enlightening. It gives him everything he needs for the battle. Go read the end result of the battle after all of this. I won't spoil it for you, but it's good. Right? And so what we see is that Jonathan, God's faithful man, is out doing the thing that God has told him to do. And he's like, I'm done. I don't have anything left. And Saul, his commandment, it's restricting, it's restraining, it's unnecessary. And if Saul's a picture of the flesh, I can't think of a better description. The flesh leading is restricting, it's restraining, and it is unnecessary. God won that battle for you. Don't let the flesh try to take that battle from you again. Um, 
It opened his eyes. That's, uh, I just can't get over that. It enlightened his eyes. If you go back to the commandments that were talked about, right? The, the commandments of the Lord, they enlighten your eyes. As long as we actually listen to what they say, as long as we actually have ears to hear, open hearts, we have soft hearts. You grew up in church all your life. It's easy to think, God's Word is cool and all, but I have my own way of doing things. It's something different when you're an adult and you get saved at 20, 22, 25, and you knew how bad your life was before Christ. Some of you, by God's grace, and I'm so thankful for that, you don't have to do that. You don't have to spend 20, 25 years separated from the Lord, and you haven't. You got saved when you were 6 years old. It's genuine. It's true. And I'm so thankful for that. Man, I wish I would have got saved at 6 years old. But the thing that being an adult and then getting saved teaches you is that you really screwed up your life before Christ. If not, you wouldn't have gotten saved. If you didn't understand where you were at before you got saved, or, I'm sorry, before you got to that place where God's Word was preached to you, you wouldn't have got saved. Your heart wouldn't have been soft. And my point is, is that it's easy to think, oh, this is just something we do. We just come to church because my parents tell us to. No, your parents bring you to church because they understand that there's life here and that God's Word, which is being preached by God's grace to God's people, is enlightening, it's, in, it's sustaining, it's everything you need for the everyday battle. Again, I don't know how to be a husband. I won't know how to be a father either. It doesn't end. It's not like, oh, I'll just figure this out. Right? I won't know how to be a grandfather if the Lord tarries. I don't think he will, but I mean, if he does, i got to figure out how to be a grandpa, you know, and so on and so on until I die. And that's the wonderful thing about walking with the Lord. I don't have to have the answers. I just need to know where they're at. Um, okay, so, and then just the last little bit, um, there's great reward in keeping of God's commandments, and that's where I'll end, but... What I want us to do, we have a few minutes left, if we can just break up into groups and look at the word judgment. Um, Because we need to understand how to study words, to cross-reference words. If we're going to grow in our faith, it's not just reading these words and taking them at face value. Um, There's there's rules to Bible study, there are principles. Um, We can give you documents for that that we have. Uh, If you're in a Bible study, if you're not in a Bible study, I'm going to stump for Bible studies real quick. Bible studies are the things that keep people engaged with the body. You sit up here and you say, Brock, you talked for 40 minutes about the Word of God. And I say, yes. And then you say, I didn't listen to half of what you said. And I say, okay. Then engage with the Word of God in a Bible study. You want to talk? You don't want to listen? You want to talk? That's fine. Come to a Bible study and let's all talk about the Word of God together. Let's all engage in God's Word so that we actually know how to wield this sword like Hebrews 4.12 says. If you're not in it, talk to somebody that is and, and get accountable. So, um, you, we've talked about um, how to study verses and chapters at Bible study, and we'll do so again at some point in time, is what my point was at that. But, I want to just, these aren't on the slide, I'm just going to read these out to you. I just want to talk about three quick things, quick questions. Um, what is the first mention of the word for judgment? Uh, what is the strongest concordance and what is a cross-reference for it? I'll build a slide and I'll put that up there so you guys don't have to memorize it. But 
Those are the three things that I want to look at. What is the first mention of the word? What is the strongest concordance definition of the word? And what is a cross-reference for the word? Um, do you guys remember when Jeff taught us how to use Blue Letter Bible? Yeah, and we went through. The best way to do this word study is to type in the word judgment and then put a little star behind it. That's, that's how we know uh, the variation because a lot of times it's judgment or judgments and I don't want you guys to lose the full meaning of the word by only clicking judgment, okay? Um, so let's break up into groups of two or three. Let's just spend some time doing that and you guys will be dismissed after that, okay? Thank you.